0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host as always, Stan McCune Realtor right here in the Greenville area. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. That's the only way I make money through this podcast is through you, my potential clients, former clients, current clients, uh, referrers of clients, all of those things, and even if you're just a listener, there's a way that you can support the show beyond just referring business to me, and that is by subscribing, by liking, by hitting whatever button you can that can support the show. Different, different apps, different uh, platforms have the ability to comment or like or leave a rating or leave a review. Whatever app you're using, please go ahead and do that. I would greatly uh, appreciate that from all of you. Today we're going to be taking a look at how mortgage rates impact buyer demand. So we know that rates going up, when the 30-year fixed rate mortgage goes up, demand goes down. And when the 30-year fixed rate mortgage goes down, when rates are low, uh, demand obviously picks up. People are sensitive to those rates. When we had rates at all-time lows during 2020, 2021, demand went crazy. Now that rates have been at higher levels, uh, the highest levels that they've been in 20, 30 years, that has cooled off buyer demand. So I wanted to take a deeper dive into this and see what exactly is the impact that rates are having uh, in general. Um, And I wasn't really sure the best way to do this for the purposes of the show, uh, but basically I did a bunch of analysis. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be showing you a few snippets of the analysis that I did, and then we'll go ahead and draw some conclusions on the basis of that analysis. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, the show is on YouTube. I am going to go ahead and uh, screen share. Um, all that I'm going to be screen sharing is the uh, the uh, Federal Reserve's data on the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. So what you're going to be seeing is the actual Data. Let me make sure I'm actually sharing the right thing here. Okay. There we go. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you may have not seen anything change, but something changed on my end. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> okay. Um, so you're going to be seeing uh, basically from 2019 through the present what the 30 year fixed rate mortgage has done. But if you're just listening, no worries. Um, you'll be able to track everything uh, just fine. Just know there is a lot of data that we're going to be covering in here. And uh, and again, I'm going to do the best that I can uh, portraying this data. But if you have any questions, you guys know my contact information is in the show notes for any questions that you might have. All right, we're going to dial back the clock to 2019, specifically to June of 2019. So uh, for those of you that don't remember, 2019 was an interesting year. That was obviously right before the pandemic. And rates were doing some interesting things. We, we had rates go up near the fives uh, towards the end of 2018. And then going into 2019, we really did not know what was going to happen. Um, and And what ended up happening is rates started to go down a bit during the year 2019. Now, before I get too ahead of myself here, I want to clarify one thing. I don't know why, but for whatever reason... The Fed's tool that shows 30-year fixed-rate mortgages—it's always a little bit lower than it should be for whatever reason. I don't know, but the—but if in case you're like, oh man, those rates sound really low in comparison to uh, you know what the market was—they're always a tad bit lower. I feel like than than what they actually were. Uh, but if we—I want to dial the clock back to June 2019 specifically, and uh, and have us take a look at that in June 2019. Rates were in the high threes. We have, we've got a reading June 6th, 3.82, June 13th, uh, 3.82, June 20th, 3.84. So they were hovering June 27th, 3.73. So they were hovering right in that 3.7, 3.8 range. And here's what that meant by for Greenville demand. We're going to be looking at basically a bunch of different months here, uh, what the rate was, what the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was, what pendings were, in other words, pendings are homes that are under contract during that period of time, uh, that went under contract during that period of time, and then how many sold during that month as well. So we're gonna start here with this June 2019 with rates in the high threes. Pendings at that time were at, for the month of June, we had 1,288 pendings in, according to the Greenville uh, Greater Greenville Association of Realtors market stats, 1,288 Homes went under contract were pending during that time. That was a two percent year-on-year increase, a pretty standard number uh, by by that time period. Uh, and 1,399 homes sold that month. That was also a roughly two percent year-on-year increase. Okay, um, that's going to be our baseline. Okay, we're we're also going to look at September of 2019 because rates started to fall. Uh, they they kept falling during that time and they reached kind of their, their bottom, their pre-pandemic bottom in September, September 5th specifically, when they hit 3.49. So they've been in their mid threes and this is the lowest, uh, September 2019 was the lowest that rates had been since 2017, important detail. Uh, pendings for that month jumped up. They went 18% year on year for September 2019. Uh, so um, it's, it's hard to know exactly whether that was... Because rates went down, I think it probably played a factor. But pendings were at 1,193, which is an 18% year-on-year increase, big increase uh, for that period of time. Solds were 1,296. That was a 22% year-on-year increase. Now, solds lag, right? So uh, obviously, a home that went under contract in September most likely didn't actually sell during the month of September. Usually, they sell a month or two after they went under contract. But uh, but again, we're we're just kind of establishing a baseline, all right? So let's jump ahead. That was September of 2019. Rates were in their mid threes, the lowest since 2017. Uh, pendings were up uh, and right around 1,200. Solds were up right around 1,300. Those were both big numbers uh, for back then. Let's jump ahead to September 2020. This is when we see rates, 30-year rates, start to go into the twos. So now we're seeing actually a big big decrease from what they had been and and right now you know they're at historically the lowest that they've ever been they had never been in the high 2s ever in the history of the 30 year fixed rate mortgage they had never been in the high 2s how did that impact things in september Of 2020 versus September 2019 pendings went all the way up from 1,193 to 1,554 that's a 30% year-on-year increase Um, and remember that September 2019 was a big increase versus the September before so that's a really big increase solds were at 1,584 a 22% increase year-on-year versus the 1,296 sold print that we had in September 2019 okay so We saw a 30, basically a 20 to 30% increase in buyer demand when rates went from the mid threes to the high twos. Big, big increase. Let's skip ahead a couple of months to December of 2020. Here's where rates really bottomed out, okay? So for the first time, this is the lowest all time we see rates in 2020. De- December 2020, they're in the mid twos for a 30-year rate. I had some some clients that uh, that bought homes during that period of time. They're very happy with the rate that, that they have, let me tell you. Um, pendings for that month were also, again, up 30% year-on-year. 1,111 pendings for December 2020. Now, if that sounds low compared to the numbers we've been saying, that's only because of seasonality, right? December is not seasonally a very... A very big month. So the fact that we had oftentimes, let me put that in context. Oftentimes, December, historically, December's pendings have been below 1,000. Okay. So for it to be at at over 1,100 was a big number. 30% increase year on year. Closings were up 20% year on year, 1,442. Massive numbers for December 2020. Um, Obviously, a huge impact uh, that those low, historically low rates caused. But again, this is during the slow time of the year. So guess what happened? Rates started to creep up a little bit as we start entering the busy time of the year. And by the time we hit March, right, so the busy time of the year for real estate tends to be, you know, usually it hits around mid, uh, mid-ish mid February, something like that, continues on through, you know, perhaps late April, early May, something like that. And then basically, We still have a continued busy season for the summer, but not the peak, peak season. So March is really peak, peak season for real estate, uh, at least from the standpoint of me as a realtor. And so in March 2021, uh, we have uh, rates still very low, but not at their lowest point. So by this point, they've creeped up into the low threes. Um, And that's actually, interestingly, if you're looking at this, that's the highest number for the entire year is at low threes because the, the year 2021 was just insane. Um, so rates are in, uh, are in the low threes and, uh, but are still half a point lower than they, uh, than they were in March, 2020. So if we go back to March, 2020, they were in, they were at 3.65% at one point, And then in, uh, march 2021 the highest point they reached is 3.17 percent so basically half a percent lower than march 2020 of course we can't really compare anything to march 2020 because that was uh when lockdown started for for the pandemic we don't want to talk about that um but what happened in so this is the first time the point of what i'm trying to set the stage for is this is the first time that we've had these rates basically right near three percent during a peak season what happened things went bonkers pendings went to 1678 i think that that was the highest number ever um, up 34% year on year uh for uh in comparison again to uh to march 2020 which is a bit of an anomaly cuz uh because that's when lockdown started uh but prior to that things prior to that things had been strong prior to lockdowns um solds, 1521 that was up 14% year on year. Um, So uh, what we saw is a huge increase in demand as a result of these low rates. Not surprising, not surprising. Now, uh, a little bit of narrative here. After the spring peak season, we see a slowdown in numbers into the summer months, okay? So even though rates did Basically go to their highest point of the year in March. We saw the normal seasonal slowdown that happened once we hit the summer months. Um, and uh and the result was that we saw numbers that came in year on year, slightly less than 2020, even though mortgage rates basically stayed roughly the same for that period of time. Why were the numbers lower than 2020? Okay. For again, we're talking about the summer months. Couple of reasons, I think. First, inventory disappeared all of the excess inventory got eaten up we went down to 1 month or less of inventory historically the lowest numbers that we've ever seen in terms of homes available for sale for the average home buyer and so inventory just disappeared people didn't have there weren't enough homes to purchase enough homes on the market for transactions to happen because everything had been uh, had been gobbled up by that point and so even though the, there was probably more demand than is reflected in the numbers, the demand couldn't keep up or the supply couldn't keep up with the demand. So there just weren't enough houses to transact uh, during that period of time. And um, and then as an addition to that, uh, when we're comparing to some of these 2020 numbers, it is important to remember that there was about six weeks of very little real estate transactions in 2020 as a result of the lockdowns that happened. And so that six weeks of demand basically got spread out throughout the rest of, of the 2020 year, resulting in, in some of the comparisons of 21 to 2020 not being perfectly apples to apples but you know what none of this data is going to be perfect apples to apples because we're in unprecedented times everyone always says that but it is really true we have never seen rates go up and if you're looking at the chart it's crazy how much rates went up they mortgage rates have never gone up as quickly as they had uh from the uh from 2022 until where they are now they went up faster than any other level all right all of that to be said Uh, There were two months in uh, 2021, where even after that peak season, when 2021 clearly outdid 2020, and those were October and November of that year. And again, mortgage rates aren't doing anything too crazy. October, we're seeing rates uh, in the low threes, um, and, and that's actually higher than what it had been during the summer. Um, and same thing for November. Basically, we're just hovering around the low threes during that period of time. Uh, but during that time, pendings, homes that went under contract in October were up 12% year-on-year, 1,544. November, up 12% year-on-year, 1,355. Sold houses, uh, solds in October were down 5%. But again, that's because of the the weak summer numbers as a result of the low inventory that happened. Uh solds in November then went up 17% year on year to 1,461. So even though rates went up slightly, right, they had been in, according to this data, they had been in in the high twos, and then they went into the low threes. Even though though rates went up just a little bit, activity demand still was strong. And I think that this is really, really important. There's not always a one-to-one correlation between rates going up and demand going down or rates going down and demand going up there's more things at play here particularly when the increase or decrease in rates is minor and by minor i mean a half a point or less of of a of an increase or a decrease and um i think there's a few reasons why uh we saw high uh high numbers in october november of 2021 um i think one thing, maybe people hearing the news, they were worried that rates were going to go up. And if you're looking at the chart, they did go up right after this period of time. Uh, but I think a lot of this is also just the result of kind of an anomaly, a, a random thing that happened in the market, which was, I think, probably all those people that couldn't buy during the spring and summer frenzy of 2021, uh, they found that there was a little bit less competition in the fall. And so then they all kind of came back online during the fall. Uh, And fourth quarter of that year, with the result of of the fourth quarter numbers being kind of unusually high uh, by Greenville standards. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. But I wanted to set the stage again that uh, it's not a perfect one to one correlation between rates and demand. Okay. so here's what we can conclude so far. Besides what I've already said, rates dropping from the mid uh, to high threes, to the mid to high twos, re- resulted in a massive increase in demand. Something like a 20 to 30% increase in demand. Now, again, the tricky the, the tricky thing with this is that there was that six weeks of demand that got spread out throughout 2020. So it's not perfect. Uh, it, these numbers aren't perfect, but best we can see, there was something like a 20 to 30% increase in, in demand. Um, if you want to be more conservative, say maybe a fifteen percent increase in demand, I'm not going to fault you for that. Um, again, because we're, we're comparing to an imperfect environment, but that's roughly speaking what we're talking about. When rates bounced back up into the lows, the low threes, it didn't have a big impact at the end of the day. Uh, numbers were were generally less than they than they had been before, but some of that can be attributed again to uh, to the six weeks loss during the pandemic of 2020. Rates at this level were still well below all historical norms. But what about when rates start climbing? February 2022 marks a very important month, okay? Because that's when rates started to climb above pre-pandemic levels. So we can see if we're if we're looking at the Feds chart, uh December uh the end of the year 2021 was kind of the last time that we see rates in these historically uh, low numbers. Uh, December 30th, we have a print of 3.11 for the 30-year fixed rate, and then it just starts to go up. Uh, By the time we get to February, we're already in the mid-threes, and by mid-February, we're already above where we were pre-pandemic, okay? Uh, February 17th, we have a number, a uh, 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 30-year fixed rate mortgage average of 3.92. That's the highest that we've seen since, uh, let's go back here, May 30th of 2019. So uh, that's a long time. That's a, a long time that you have to go back. And, uh, and so what was happening in February of 2022? Rates hit the high threes for the first time since 2019. Pendings, 1,359 down. 4%. Solds 1162 up 9%, okay? Now, uh we'll, I'll I'll get to this uh in 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 just a second. We'll come back to that why solds were up even though pendings were down. Uh March 2022. We have uh rates that went slightly down. They went into the mid to high uh to high 3s eventually and then eventually by the end of March they're already in the mid fours. So what happened in March? Pendings, 1,570. High number, but still down 6% year on year. Solds, 1,544. That was up one, just 1% year on year. Let's go ahead to May 2022. May, now we see rates in the fives, in the low fives. Pendings now, 1,482, that's down 12%, okay? You see what's happening? February, pendings were down 4% year-on-year. March, down 6%. May, down 12%. The numbers are getting higher. Uh, What about solds? 1,578, that was up 4%. But remember, we're comparing against the low inventory numbers of 2021 that kind of artificially depressed some of the numbers in in that year. So that's an, an important detail. Let's jump ahead to June. June, July, uh, we have basically a little bit of fluctuation in these months between uh, low and high fives, basically, in terms of the 30 year fixed rate. The uh, June, July pending numbers were respectively 1,388 and 1,397. Uh, those are each down 8% uh, year on year, and solds were 1,704 and 1,407 uh, June down 4%, July down 10% year on year. Um, so importantly, these pending numbers are, are ultimately, they're actually pretty close to the 2019 numbers. So rates going up caused the market to kind of revert back to uh, what the demand was in 2019. Now closings are still high and, and we even had a few of those months where closings... Uh, actually, out of the the five months we just went to, three of those months, solds were up year on year. And this is the result of just low inventory causing fewer homes to fall out of contract. So we got pendings going down, but solds going up. What What bridges the gap between those two is homes that go under contract and then fall out of being under contract. Here's what happens when inventory is really, really low. People are scared. They get something under contract. Listen, I experienced this when I was uh, doing real estate back then. My clients, when they finally got something under contract, they were terrified to lose that. They would do just about anything to get to closing and to not have to go back to you know, making offers on 15 homes before they finally got one under contract. Uh, so even though we saw pendings normalize, closings were still elevated because buyers were not backing out as often as they traditionally do. Now, I don't have any data on this, but I'll say it sure feels like buyers are backing out a lot more than normal right now, the way the market currently is. And this is because they feel like they have more options. They're they're more concerned about what's happening in the market. And so, uh, so we're seeing backout rates uh, kind of come back to Uh, not just normal, but perhaps even elevated levels. Perhaps that'll be something I'll discuss on another podcast. Okay, let's jump ahead to late 2022, third and fourth quarter 2022. Now we see mortgage rates again, make their final leap from uh, basically the high fives into the low sixes. That was September. And then in October from the high sixes into uh, the low sevens. Okay, so how did the jump in September into the high fives, low sixes impact things? Pendings, 1,263. These are down 14% year on year. Now remember, we had looked at September of 2020. The pendings for that year were 1,554. So it's down a lot since uh since 2020 and down since uh, 2021. October pendings 1167, down 25% year on year. remember November, uh, October 2021 is 1544. Uh, so a big big decrease. Uh, solds 1468 down 10% uh, for September 22. Uh, solds October. Uh, one thousand two hundred thirty two down thirteen percent year on year this trend continues November uh 2022 when rates were in their high 60s low sevens uh pendings went down twenty eight percent year on year all the way down below a thousand nine hundred eighty four pendings uh twelve hundred solds for that month that was down eighteen percent year on year december 2022. Um, and we actually saw rates kind of moderate a little bit. They kind of went back into the into the mid uh, mid to high sixes during December two thousand and twenty-two. Pendings went all the way down to eight hundred ten, down twenty-five percent year on year. Solds down twenty-four percent to one thousand two hundred twenty-eight uh, closings year on year. And so mortgage rates obviously had a massive, massive impact on all of this, right? We're seeing exactly what happens as rates go up and down. We talk about how it impacts demand, but I wanted to bring you guys the data and draw a few conclusions from this data. Let me see how far we've been going. All right, yep. I'm not gonna take a whole lot of time going through these conclusions, but I do want to go through this real quick. Um, What can we conclude from this? First, the market is more sensitive to rate drops than to rate increases. Now, the market is very, we just saw, The market is very sensitive to rate increases, but we saw more of of sensitivity when rates went down into the twos than what we saw when rates went up into, say, the fives. Um, And so ultimately, the largest numbers that we discussed on here, remember? The largest number out of all of these was that March 2021 pendings number was up 34% year on year. No other number on here compares. And I didn't just cherry pick numbers. Well, I actually did cherry pick some of these numbers. I tried to pick some of the biggest numbers on here because uh, those were the outliers and that could kind of tell us, okay, what's happening. Uh, There were no... Uh, decreases in anything that compared to that 34% increase. The largest decrease was the 28% pendings decrease in November of 2022. So the, and again, this is a difference. This is after rates had gone into uh, the sevens in November of 2022 after having been uh, just a year earlier in threes. So rates more than doubled and pendings went down uh, 28% versus when rates had only gone down in March 2021 versus March 2020, by half a point, demand shot up 34%. So the market is more sensitive to rate drops than to rate increases. Keep that in mind because there's more consensus that that ultimately that we're near the top of where rates are than that uh, where they are currently. Most people think that we're pretty close to where they're going to stop before At some point, who knows when, but at some point rates will come back down. Uh, So when rates come back down, you can expect a bit more market sensitivity uh, in terms of demand than when rates have been going up. Secondly, I think the data indicates that there are different levels of rate sensitivities. So we've already discussed this a little bit, but when rates went up in March 2021, uh, that was still a record-breaking year. But rates, again, they had only gone up about a half a point uh, but that wasn't enough to overcome peak season uh peak real estate season friendly uh, frenzy sorry i cannot talk right now the the peak frenzy of the real estate season um and so again some of this matters do rates go up or down at what time of the year that matters if rates go up during the slow time of the year during the fourth quarter for instance that's going to bring demand way down. And if rates go down during a peak season of the year, that's gonna cause demand to go bonkers. That's another thing to keep in mind. We need to track when these rates go up or down. In fact, um, all the uh, up up and downs uh, that we see in this data, it, through it all, it really seems like the sensitivity, generally speaking, is more at a full point increase or decrease versus a half point increase or decrease what i mean by that is so we're right now um as i'm recording this september 18th 2023 uh we are at last i checked right around like uh 7.3 roughly uh is the 30-year fixed rate mortgage somewhere in in that range it it's you know it's up and down all the time um but basically if that comes down a half a point I don't see that having a huge impact on things. But if it comes down a full point, when we start to see it down into the low sixes versus merely the high sixes, I think that's going to have a massive impact. And we see this all through this data. Again, I am I only discussed a little bit of the data with you because we just don't have time for it. And discussing so much data, you you kind of get overrun with with it if you're just listening to it or even just watching it. Um, So I didn't want to go crazy on you guys, Um, but it's all through the data. The half point increases or decreases don't really impact things, but those full point increases or decreases definitely do. And that's when we start to see demand swing one way or the other. Um, So I already kind of jumped ahead here, but with rates hovering in the low to mid sevens right now and having been here for a while, I think we'll continue to just see demand at uh, the levels where it has been. Uh, Assuming no new major economic event. And of course, I always have to hedge that. Uh, Assuming the economy roughly stays the same and rates roughly stay the same, I think demand will roughly stay the same. Nothing groundbreaking. Um, But you hear people all the time, if you go on Twitter and you talk to the doomers on Twitter, they will tell you it's going to crash. Even if rates stay where they are, the market's going to crash. I don't see that in the data. Um, But... We'll we'll have to obviously keep tracking. Now, if rates go above eight percent, then I think we can expect to see a drop in demand, probably on par five to ten percent. That's basically what we what we saw in this data. When rates would make an make a jump one way or the other, uh, or a, a decrease uh, by one percent, we would see demand swing five to ten percent. And if rates went above 8%, I think we would see a loss of about 5 to 10% of demand, and that would probably be enough for us to start seeing prices going down on a year-on-year basis. I've already said we might have a few year-on-year prints that are, that are down uh, before the end of this year. We had one already. We might see a, a couple more. Um, but... I think if rates went above 8%, I think that, that would we would probably see an extended period of time until those rates went down, where we'd see prices on a year-on-year basis lower. Um, now, if we saw the opposite, what if rates dropped and went then into the low sixes? Then I think we would see demand increase by 5 to 10%. We would start to see prices increase meaningfully. Real estate prices right now are basically staying flat year on year we're seeing you know one percent less than one percent you know a, a slight below one a slight below uh, or a slight decrease um in that one month that I mentioned um, but if if rates dropped into the low sixes we would start to see those year-on-year median sales price numbers that we look at so closely start to see those to creep up uh from where they're hovering around like one-ish percent probably start to creep up to two three four, 5% year on year because that demand would impact things pretty pretty big. Now, it's hard to really quantify uh, how many, uh, you know, with all the different factors that there are at play because, like I said, it does matter what part of the year these rates go up or down in, but generally speaking, if you see a rate increase or a decrease by a full percentage point, that's when you start to see demand increase or decrease by five, roughly 5 to 10%. I've said it on this show, and I will say it again, there is a lot of data that indicates that at 5.25% for the 30-year fixed rate mortgage and below that number is where the market would start to go bonkers again. I think until we hit the low fives, I think the market will be relatively tame. I say relatively because if, if we see them go into the low sixes or high fives at some point soon, we are going to see that big. I mean, a 5 to 10% increase in demand would be big, but would it would be really crazy if rates went even lower than that. I don't see that happening anytime soon, okay? We've talked about this before. The Fed seems pretty, uh, particularly with uh, unemployment, not getting very high. You know, uh, there's a lot of angst over inflation at the Fed. I think the Fed uh, is going to kind of hold the line for a bit in terms of uh, interest rates, which then impact mortgage rates. So I'm not predicting that we're hitting 5.25% anytime soon. I'm just letting you guys, I'm just reminding you guys, that's kind of a line in the sand that I think is real. And I think it's reasonable to assume if, if when rates do fall back to that level, Maybe we're talking about it. Might be over a year from now. You know, we might be talking about in uh, in 2025 before that happens again, um, because that's a full two points below where we are right now. So it would take a lot of rate decreases theoretically for the, for the Fed to do that. I know that there's, you know, people like to talk about the 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 spread between the 10-year Treasury and the 30-year fixed rate is abnormally high right now. I understand all of that. Um, but at the moment, I don't see that normalizing, uh, for those of you that are data junkies and understand what I'm talking about. I don't see that normalizing just yet. Um, so I think it would take a bit for us to go down into the low fives. Um, and I think the Fed doesn't want mortgage rates to go down into the low fives anytime soon. They don't like that, how expensive housing, uh, has gotten the past two years, because guess what? It's their fault. It's their fault for this, right? Right. In a lot of ways, they caused it by letting rates go so low. So they feel, sorry to sorry to yell into my microphone, they feel responsible. They won't admit that, but I think they do. Um and and so they they're going to do their best to keep these mortgage rates elevated as long as the housing market doesn't crash, and right now it doesn't appear like it's going to crash anytime soon. Um so, I think it's reasonable to assume if when rates Uh, Go back to that level again, maybe in in, uh, a couple of years. That demand would be 15 to 20 percent greater than it is right now. And at that point, I think it's very reasonable to assume we'd start to see year-on-year price increases in the double digits again. 10 percent, you know, appreciation for housing going back to 10 percent, perhaps even higher. Um, So we'll have to we'll have to see. We'll have to see when this happens. The best case scenario, really, in my opinion, is if when the Fed starts tapering these rates, that they do it slowly and ideally that they do it during the non-peak season, right? Because again, we're talking about when when rates are lower during peak season, things go crazy. Uh, But for now, we have a slower period with rates that appear like they will be elevated uh, for at the very least the next half year or so. Uh, here in this level, you know, low sevens, high sixes, maybe, I think they're probably going to be in the low sevens for, for a minute. Um, so we'll have to keep tracking that. Um, but long story short is, uh, there is some insane rate sensitivity right now, market wide. This is not just in Greenville. I talked to people in other markets, same thing, but this is a Greenville podcast So I wanted to bring you the data on Greenville so that you guys got it, understood exactly what is happening, what the impact is with what's happening. Uh, You know, when the Fed met last week or last month in Jackson Hole, the Fed releasing more, uh, you know, whether what they're going to do in terms of their rates this week. These things that are happening behind closed doors impact things here in Greenville. And so you heard it here. You got the information for me. I hope that was helpful for you guys, and I hope that if you're a buyer or a seller in the real estate market, hopefully that helps you to better prepare, better plan ahead for what might be happening here in the future. Thank you guys for listening. My contact information is in the show notes. If you need a realtor for any of your real estate needs here in Greenville, we also have a referrals relocation department with my company. I can find you a realtor anywhere in the country. Um, and we're international so even outside the country so let me know if you need that please rate, review, subscribe do all of those great things to support the show and we will talk again next time